Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners once again and to have that opportunity to get into God's Word again. Dig a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more, grow spiritually. Faith comes, the Scriptures tell us, by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So our being together each day on Search the Scriptures, learning God's Word a little bit further, that helps us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith. For many people, they need to develop real faith. Help them by telling them about the program and encouraging them to listen. Also, you take advantage of this and also tell others to do so, to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Now, again, we always assure you, It's free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help people get to heaven. When a person signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whether that's their smartphone or computer or whatever smart device they choose, they will receive every day, Monday through Friday, this radio program, Search the Scriptures. Many people listen on a pretty regular basis, but they can't listen every time at the exact times that it's broadcast over the airwaves because they are tied up in their schedules. But if you receive this on podcast, you will automatically have it there on your smartphone or computer, or again, whatever smart device you choose. It'll be there every day, Monday through Friday, and you can listen to it as you have the opportunity, the time. Now, tell people to take advantage of this. You may help somebody grow in their faith. You may help somebody get to heaven. That'll be a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. But now, when somebody signs up for our podcasting, they'll receive a lot more than just this radio program. They'll receive a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a really a really wonderful jewel of Bible study, I think. It's a short, just about a 13-minute Bible class every single day called Today's Bible Class and goes into really pertinent areas of study from God's Word, really easy to follow along with, easy to learn from. So tell everybody you can. Search this, uh, I mean, churchofchrist.com. Sign up for our podcasting. And if you're in the Omaha area, come and be with us in person. Get to know us. Let us get to know you. Study God's Word with us. Worship God with us. Grow spiritually with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street. 3606 North 108th Street right here in Omaha. Bible classes begin at 930 on Sunday mornings, followed by worship at 1030. And then Sunday evenings, 6 o'clock, we come back together for another period of Bible study and worship. Wednesday evenings, 6.30, we come back together for midweek Bible classes. You're welcome to any and all of these services. We'd love to meet you, let you get to know us as well. Please make that a, make that a part of your plan in your spiritual life. We hope to see you soon. We're going to get back into our study about self-esteem. And we're really asking, where do we go to find the best source for true self-esteem? Are you struggling with self-esteem in your life? Your sense of self-worth? You think you don't 
you, you're no good? Do you think you don't have any worth? Do you think you don't deserve anything? Well, hopefully by this time, if you've been following along with us in this study, you've at least been stimulated to stop and think from a different perspective about how God loves you and cares about you. Again, esteem, the word itself, that principle has to do with opinions, value, or regard that somebody has for something or somebody. Self-esteem is how we look at ourselves, how a person regards himself or herself as to their sense of self-worth. Are they worth anything? Our society, our culture, is pushing down our throats some superficial, surface-level principles that they want us to base our sense of self-worth or self-esteem upon. Physical appearance, financial status, professional accomplishments, social standing, and, and the list could go on. But these are, again, surface level, superficial kinds of things. They're okay, but they're not the true basis for real self-esteem. But if this is where a person's life is really focused primarily, then he's probably going to experience unhappiness, unfulfillment, dissatisfaction, emptiness, maybe even depression. Where do we go? Where should we go to find a basis for the best self-esteem, the most fulfilling sense of self-worth? Our relationship with God in Christ is the only source for meaningful self-esteem. You see, all of that other stuff, that has to do with things of this world, and this world is temporary. It's passing away. 1 John chapter 2, verse 17 and we could even look at 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. But God is eternal, and he has made you special in that he created you in his image, after his likeness, Genesis, 1 chapter, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Genesis chapter 5 and verse 1. He has put the spirit of life in you. Zechariah 12 and verse 1, he is your creator. Revelation 4 and verse 11. <clears throat> now, Christ was right there with him at the creation, taking part in the creation process. As we read in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, Jesus Christ, identified there as the Word, and verse 14 of that first chapter clearly identifies the Word as being Christ. But it says he was there in the beginning. He was, he was with God. He was God. And everything that was created was by him and through him, and nothing was created that was, not, that was created without him. He was there, taking part in all of the creation. And so, I say that relationship, our relationship with God and Christ is the source for true, meaningful self-esteem. Now, again, you think, 
I, I just not that good. Nobody really thinks I'm worth much. I don't have very many friends. They don't want to be around me. Maybe you hang your head down a lot. Maybe you try to avoid people because you just don't have any confidence in yourself. Well, God created you in his image again with a soul, with a spiritual essence or being within your physical body, within your physical identity. And that soul is eternal. He created you that way, unique from everything else he created, so that you could have the opportunity to be with him forever in heaven after this physical life is over. God made you special like that. He didn't make anything else that he made like that. Only you did he create in his image. As James wrote it, you were made in the similitude of God. I think that's a pretty neat word. It simply means the likeness of God from the perspective that he made you with a soul. Unique, distinct, from every other life form that he created. So that means you are special. You were created special. You have worth in God's eyes. Are you still hanging your head? You still think you're not worth nothing? Well, think about what God did for you when he sent his son Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you. You might say, well, well no, that wasn't for me. That was all, for all mankind. No, keep it personal. It was for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3 and verse 16. Well, you don't know what I've done. I've done terrible things. I've been a despicable human being. Romans 5 and verse 8, God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 6, Christ died for the ungodly. That's you. Yeah, but I've done some really bad things. You, you don't know what I've done. And it's not one or two. It's been on an ongoing basis most of my life. I don't know what you've done, but God does. And that's why he sent Jesus to the cross to die for you. He died for you. Again, makes you special. Now, a third understanding of why you can have true self-esteem only through God in Christ is that if you're letting him God is still working on you. You're truly a work in progress. In Romans chapter 8, verses 28 and 29, the Apostle Paul wrote this. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. To whom he for, or for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now think about what that says. In verse 28, all things work together for good to those who love God. 
Do you love God? I'm not talking about just mouthing some words and saying, oh, I do love God. True love for God means you're going to obey God. You're going to live by his teachings. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, John 14 and verse 15. God wants you to be conformed to the image of Jesus, of Jesus. That's why he gave you his word, the Bible, to guide you in his will, to teach you how to live a righteous life. God is good. God is all good. We've looked at numerous scripture references that tell us that. God is also love. John the Apostle wrote that at least two different times in his short First John letter. God is love. When you take God out of the picture, you can't really define goodness because it becomes relative at that point. Whatever is good to one person, that's good in their mind. But another person might say, I don't think that's good. Something else is good in my mind. We understand goodness. God is the basis of goodness, the standard for true goodness, the standard for true love, because he loves us. John said, God is love. God loves you. What does John 3.16 say again? For God so loved the world. That's you. What does Romans 5.8 say again? God demonstrates his own love for us. That's you. In that Christ died for you while you were still a sinner. You see, God is still wants to work on you if you'll let him. You might say, well, I don't, I don't know if I can live the Christian life. Or you might even say, I, I don't think I can live the Christian life. God would not ask you to do something impossible. God says, hey, hey, I'll be with you. I'll help you. In 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, we read this. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Did you ever think about reading a statement in the Bible that says God is faithful? God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That's a promise from God. And God keeps his promises. If you will come to him through Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins, Luke 13 and verse 3, confessing your faith in Jesus as God's Son and your Lord and Savior, Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, and surrendering to him in baptism so that the blood that he shed on the cross can cleanse you of the guilt of your sins, Acts 22 and verse 16, then you will be saved. Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. 1 Peter 3, 21. Baptism doth also now save us. And as you're baptized for the remission of your sins, you come into Christ. 
baptized into Christ. Romans 6 and verse 3. Galatians 3 and verse 27. You think you're too bad to be good? God wants to work on you. He's ready to forgive you as you're baptized into Christ. And Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 that as that happens, you become a new creation from a spiritual perspective. Oh, you'll still have warts on your nose if you've got warts on your nose now. If you're bow-legged now, you'll still come up out of the waters of baptism bow-legged. But you'll be different spiritually. You'll be different inwardly. You'll be forgiven. You'll be saved. You'll be reborn spiritually. God wants to give you a do-over, a new start, not just on life, but on eternal life. God wants to continue to work with you and work on you. He has created you, in fact, for good works. Now, you might say, what can I do? I can't do anything. Yeah, God don't make no junk. You can do something. God has work for you to do. Ephesians 2 and verse 10, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You don't know how right now how you can serve God and glorify him thereby? He can show you. He can open up doors of opportunity and service for, to you. We read further in Titus chapter 2 and verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Oh, yes, God still wants to work on you. He still wants to help you. And you know what? The good works that he has for you to do, you likely don't have to be taller or shorter or thinner or heavier. You won't have to have a normal-looking nose or better-shaped ears or more hair or bigger muscles or more shapeliness to accomplish the works that God has for you to do. You just humbly serve him as he opens up doors of opportunities for you. You, as you are, have unique qualities and abilities and opportunities to serve God as nobody else can. Now, you might say, what? What are you talking about? You know people. You have influence with people. You're in situations that nobody else is in. You can help people come to God through Christ because of influence you have with them. I don't have. I don't know them. Other people do not have the same influence with them that you do, but you have it. God can use you in special ways. He's equipped you with abilities that you can use in his service to glorify him and let the light of Christianity shine forth from your life. That makes you special. 
That makes you special. Nobody is good on his own. Again, Romans 3 and verse 10, there is none righteous, no, not one. Verse 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Oh, but look at verses 24 through 26 in Romans chapter 3. God knows that none is righteous on his own, but he's done something for us to compensate for that. In verse 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God wants to extend his grace to you through Christ because you're special. He created you in his image. He created you with the soul so you could have the opportunity to be with him forever in heaven whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood, a substitute for us. He died on the cross for you in your place through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. He wants to justify you. He wants to count you righteous before him through Jesus Christ. God cares about you. He created you special in his image with a soul. He loves you so much, you personally, that he sent his son to die for you. You, as you are, are special. And the fact that he demonstrated his love for you by sending Christ to the cross to die for you, that incredible love makes you even more special. And if you're letting him, or if you will let him, God will still work on you. You'll still be a work in progress. He'll be there with you and for you. And he will bless you as you walk with him in faithful obedience consistently. We'll finish our study next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to open our eyes to the incredible goodness and love that you exhibit toward us individually and help us to recognize that we are special in your eyes and to not let this world, this nation, this culture beat us down to think that we're no good. You want to make us, count us, good through Jesus Christ. Help us to come to you, Father and live for you always. Please forgive us. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.